December 12, 1956. Japan is admitted to the United Nations after withstanding a vigorous butt paddling from Sweden to cap off Pledge Week. All right, we're warmed up. The, the, the juices are flowing. Welcome to The Revisionists. I'm Brian Flynn. Uh, juices flowing, Brian Flynn. <laughs> I'm Zach Powers. <laughs> Zach, you did not update us on your juices. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've had a lot of apple, a little bit of cranberry. Yeah, I'll, some orange in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's the state of my juices. It's a mix of those. Capri Sun, I don't know if that counts. I think Capri it's, Sun, I don't think counts as juice. Yeah, I feel like it's 1% juice at best and uh, 0% juice at worst. <laughs> Does Capri Sun count as juice? Listeners, tune in next time to find yeah, out. Yeah, we have a poll on Twitter right now. Yep. <laughs> um d- Joining us, uh, provide, also provided me a convenient out from the spiral I'm getting into. Uh, returning friend of the show, Allison Rose, everyone. Hey, hello. I will not be giving you an update no, on my I, <laughs> I was not going to ask. <laughs> Sorry, I even raised the specter <laughs> of that. Yeah, I mean, I've never asked anybody about their juices. That's a Brian thing. Where he just starts conversation. Okay, no, it's not a problem. It's a thing I did once, (laughs) just now. Once, once a day or so, whenever we hang out in public, we used to do comedy shows. You'd greet all the comedians by saying, Nice to see you, such and such. Hey, Aaron Urist, how are your juices today? <laughs> um, you know. Hope you're at at least 1% juice. You know, it's the <laughs> minimal juice that every person should have at any point. Uh, I mean, that's really, the hang is really the magic of live comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Brian has accidentally screen shared with us and he has 18 tabs open, all with the word juice in them. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow grapefruit's the most disturbing still. I don't know why. Is the COVID vaccine a juice? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> oh, so they're like conspiracy juice pages. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. That's I mean, some of them are. Worse. <laughs> one, or, one or two is definitely Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we yeah, can start- You wanted me to get you out of that spiral? Did not help. No, I, was I, I, was, I was hoping. Uh, I will um, always take you further down the spiral it's, of juice. It's-, <laughs> it's fine. I can start recording now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, uh, if you're new to the show, what we do every episode is is not this typically it is um, this usually yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a little bit of this each episode we take a topic from history and one person presents the usda approved 100 percent juice uh no pulp uh version of events uh and another person comes up with a capri sun uh minute made high c all pulp all the time, baby. 1% history at yeah. best. <laughs> Alternate history. By yeah. the way, this episode is brought to you by Simply Orange. Uh, yeah. Florida's natural. Last time out, we discussed the Black Plague, because uh, mm. we're talking about medical one of history. Our, one of our uh, lightest topics. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. No, but truthfully, uh, a record for body count that we will probably never pass. Hopefully uh, on this never pass. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, hopefully is the keyword there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the way history is going. Wow. Yeah, 
We're going to be doing this show still in 2035 because there's nothing left to do in the caves except mm. record podcasts. <laughs> and it'll be like, 2021, 1. 1.6 billion <laughs> perished. All from the new, uh, all from the new Apple Airbuds. We didn't realize yeah. they just had nails in them. Um, <laughs> wow! I mean, if that's how it happens, we kind of deserve it. Yeah, it's true. One point six billion people accidentally put nails into their own ears until they were dead. Yeah, Jesus. Let's go back to the juice riffs. Over really? The that was that was okay. Um, <laughs> just getting getting the temperature. We don't That's have results for that one yet, but uh, we do have results for Phineas Gage with a uh, friend of the show, Josh Hollis. The alternate history won out uh, where Phineas Gage traveled the land, uh, putting. Uh, holes in people for piercings and right. helped invent uh, gauges. The ear gauge, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, um, was a, he was a man obsessed with holes. Yes. In heads. Yes. <laughs> holes in heads and holes on DVD. Big, big LaBeouf fan. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Early LaBeouf. Uh-huh. Uh, still, my favorite thing about Shia LaBeouf is that in French, his last name translates to the beef. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's just how I picture him now. We are closing out uh, medical history this time, though, by talking about Rebecca Lee Crumpler. Uh, Zach, you're going to be doing the actual history. Yep. And then Allison's going to be doing the alternate. If we're all ready, Zach, go ahead and take it away. Yeah. So uh, Rebecca Lee Crumpler was born in 1831 in Delaware as Rebecca Davis, though she was uh, she was a uh, a black woman, but she was born free not a former slave, uh, despite the fact that obviously in 1831, the Civil War had not yet occurred. So slavery was technically legal in these United States, but she was raised in Pennsylvania by her aunt. Her aunt was sort of an unofficial doctor in her community. She was not like recognized as a doctor, but she took care of the ill. Uh, Her aunt, more than anybody else, seemed to deeply inspire her to her future career path. Uh, and in uh, 1852, when she would have been 21 years old, she moved to Charleston, Massachusetts. And in 1855, she started working as a nurse uh, before uh, being accepted uh, to the New England Female Medical College in 1860. That, uh, wait, that, that was, was actually what it, what it was called? It was the New England Female Medical College, yes. As in uh, female comedians and female doctors, you know? Correct, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was across the lake from the New England Male Medical College. The male medical college students would cross the lake and do pranks. And the the female medical college would return the favor in in the night. Uh, I think it made it sound like they burned down the other college. Yeah, it got out of hand and there was some arson. Some mild arson. And really you know, mastered these... pranks in those days, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah no one had have... invented fake poop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoopee cushions were still around the corner, but fire was very much a thing. Mm-hmm. And plenty of real poop just everywhere. You know? <laughs> yeah, real so... poop. <laughs> what do you do when you don't have fake poop or rubber chickens? Hey, real poop and real chickens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and real fire for both. So. Yeah, no, I think that's the Outback Steakhouse motto for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, regardless, uh, she was admitted uh, to the New England Female Medical, Medical College in 1860 and was the uh, sole African-American student there. Uh, she had won a partial scholarship uh, to aid with her costs. Uh, 
in part because she had done such a great job working as a nurse and apprentice that many of her uh, higher ups had like garnered recommendations for her. Obviously, at this time, this might be a shocker. So brace yourselves. It was rare for black people to go to medical school at this time. (laughs) But uh, it turns out uh, when there's a big ass civil war the need for doctors increases so they uh yeah i think that was what lincoln called it the gettysburg address (laughs) we are now engaged in a big ass civil war yeah so uh you know the that uh increased the admissions of black people around this time to medical school because there was just you needed some more doctors Mm -hmm. um uh, at this time there were about slightly less than fifty-five thousand physicians in the united states uh, of that 55,000, 300 of them were women. And of those women, a zero of them were black. So Krubler was the uh, first black female physician in the United States by the time she graduated in 1864. She had done three years of coursework. She had, created, she had done a thesis. And she was named an MD on March 1st of 1864. Again, the first black woman in the United States to to get that honor now listeners i will jump in real quick to say in case you haven't figured out by now this is one of the episodes where we talk about like actual heroes and good people this is going to be one of those uh, which is nice so last time we had a lot of people dying and this time uh people dying is mostly incidental it does happen (laughs) As sometimes occurs in life. I regret to inform you that Rebecca Lee Crumpler, born 1831, is not alive today. <laughs> no, um, she is not a Highlander. Maybe. Uh, I don't know, actually. I haven't heard the alternate yet. I shouldn't I shouldn't speak. Yeah, slight spoiler for, for what's coming in my version, at least. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, after, after uh, becoming an MD, she initially worked in Boston. She mostly worked with poor children, an African-American woman, often, you know, for reduced or no cost. She moved to Richmond, Virginia after the war and uh, aided the disenfranchised populations in the Virginia area, in particular, recently freed slaves. You know, obviously after the war, there were Mm -hmm. quite a few freed slaves. And uh, yeah, uh, she noted that while, uh, while she was working there for several years, quote, in the last quarter of the year, 1866, I was enabled to have access uh, each day to a very large number of indigent and other different classes in a population of over 30,000 colored. So Mm -hmm. she was caring for a pretty wide breadth of people. She also worked for the Freedmen's Bureau to aid freed slaves uh, because frequently white physicians would not see freed slaves. They just wouldn't do doctor stuff for them. So good times. Yep. Which you'd think goes against the whole thing about being a doctor. You would yep. think a lot of things about history, but... Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, she worked for the... Now, you'd think uh, the people who worked at the Freedmen's Bureau would be the least racist people around, um, and maybe they were, but she was still subject to intense racism mm-hmm. uh, from others in her department, as well as sexism. Uh, often her prescriptions would just not be filled or her coworkers and higher ups would simply ignore her. Some claimed that her title MD stood for mule driver. So, uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, 
not not even the people working for the Freedmen's Bureau, nominally for the betterment of freed slaves, not the best. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, but uh, later in her career, she returned to Boston, where she again treated children. She often did this completely for free for poor families. In the 1870s, she furthered her education in West Newton English and Classical School. No female in the title this time. <laughs> Just a normal-ass school. Yes, Probably a, oh, a normal-ass school. West Newton, what, English and... Like classical school big newton there's a pretty good chance it was still an all-female school and they yeah, just didn't advertise it as much that, <laughs> so. that is actually true um she specialized in mathematics at that time um and then she returned to delaware where she uh mostly taught for several years uh in various different fields in 1883 she published a book it was called uh a book of medical discourses it was pretty heavily focused on preventative medicine for women and children, particularly women of color. Preventative medicine was somewhat unpopular in Ocean at the time. People just thought diseases has a cause and we could treat it. Once the cause appeared, it had nothing, you know, it, it was still a ways before people were like, cigarettes might be bad. Yeah. <laughs> so there were also some homeopathic remedies in it. And it also had autobiographical details including some moral, social, or even romantic advice, such as ideal ages or circumstances for marriage. So, <laughs> you know, she did a little Dear Abby in the middle of her medical textbook. <laughs> That's cute. Do you, did you, what's the ideal age? Is it past 30? Uh, I would imagine <laughs> under 30 for the, <laughs> the 18th. period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was a while before the, like, 40 is the new 20. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was when 10 was the new 20 oh, okay. 20 was the new 10 i should say 20 was the new 10 that was yeah. about where they were in the 1800s yes yes that makes sense <laughs> um uh so anyways uh at this time this is a little fun fact writings and books by african african-american authors had prefaces and introductions written in the style of white males or by white males to give them authentication but Crumpler was able to introduce her own text without a white dude being like, here's the intro. You can trust one of this one, Jeez. which I guess is what happened at the time. So this mm-hmm. would be something that like the publisher would re- basically require. Yeah. It seems like it was, uh, I, it's, I don't think it was like a, uh, like, you know, I don't think it was by law or anything, no, but no, I think but in order to make a book seem palatable to the masses that was written by a non-white author, probably you needed uh, a white person to be like, hey, this one's all right. And I say so right up top. So, sure. yeah. yeah. But Crumpler was able to get by writing her own mm-hmm. introduction based on her own authority. So uh, quite good for her. So she, in terms of her personal life, briefly, uh, her initial marriage uh, in 1852 was to a former slave named Wyatt Lee, which is why she was no longer Rebecca Davis. Uh, at this point, she became Rebecca Lee, obviously. So she married him in 1852. And in 1853, Wyatt's son uh, from his previous marriage died at age seven, um, which possibly was an influence on her uh, lifelong pursuit of children's health and aiding children. 
Her husband, Wyatt himself, died in 1863 of tuberculosis. And two years later, she married a man named Arthur Crumpler. Crumpler was a fugitive slave from Virginia. Um, His surname, Crumpler, was inherited from the man who owned his father as a slave. Uh, Arthur lived with a neighboring family to the Crumplers, uh, the Adamses. And this is just this weird thing. Uh, he remained with the Adamsons, Adamses after on the day of an estate sale where much of Crumpler's family was sold off. He won a wrestling match at age nine with their son, John Adams. And so they decided to keep him. Weird ass shit. I don't know what was going on in the South back then. I do. It was bad. I was just, okay, I was going to... Um, <laughs> But also, yeah, I don't know what, what, what this particular incident was all about. But yeah, that, that, that is apparently uh, the situation. He would be able to later in life find one of his sisters, but, but never found the rest of his family. Arthur, uh, like I said, became a fugitive slave and served in the Union Ar- Army and uh, was trained as a blacksmith. So in his own right, I think a pretty uh, impressive dude. Mm-hmm. Arthur and Rebecca had a daughter named Lizzie in 1870. And Rebecca spoke at the funeral for uh, the noted abolitionist sem- uh, Senator Charles Sumner, who you oh, might shit. remember as the guy who got beat with the cane uh, by the it's, racist guy. <laughs> I mean, the fact that that's what he's remembered for is a, b- a bit so, sad. Yeah, I mean, he got beat with a cane for saying slavery should be illegal. And this, re- this awful fucking Senator beat him on the floor of Congress. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, to me, it's just, it's the thing where he gets remembered more for getting his ass beat than for standing up against the worst institution possible. Uh, but uh, Rebecca was able to speak at his funeral in 1874. She mm-hmm. recited a, a poem that she wrote for him. The only thing I could find in the poem was that it talked about his reverence for Emerson. So there you go. Mm. In 1880, Arthur and Rebecca went back to Boston. Uh, she died in 1895 and Arthur died in 1910. So 15 years later, uh, there's a few things named after, as you might expect the Rebecca Lee society, which is a medical society for African-American women is named after her. Her former home is preserved and is a stop on certain historical tours. Syracuse, uh, university, um, also has a club that is uh, uh, intended to encourage the pursuit of medical science for people of diverse backgrounds named after her. Mm-hmm. And in July of this year, she and her husband, author received proper new granite headstones to better commemorate their resting places. So <laughs> this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, eventually things just wait almost a hundred years and you'll get a gravestone. That's good. Good. Great. There are no, uh, there are no surviving images of Rebecca, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, that is the, that is the story of Rebecca Lee Crumpler, the first black female physician in the United States. Zach, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Allison, whenever you're ready, take it away. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever I do this podcast, I'm like, I'll do the fictional one. And it's always like the story of someone who it's lucky their story is told at all. So <laughs> when I'm like going to rewrite it, I'm like, I, I 
I, this is rewriting history. It's you're a really, bad thing. You, you have to pick a poison because you're either going to do the story of somebody who's like, oh, this is a genuine hero. And it's hard. Like, you know, their story is so inspirational. It seems disrespectful to rewrite it. Or this is a story where 80,000 people died and I have right. to make yeah. it hilarious. <laughs> there was a point when I was doing the Black Plague one when I was just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. One time we covered like, things about the rubber trade and it's like hey this is gonna be a fun a fun little rewrite (laughs) (laughs) okay well you know anyway i read the actual history and i had that you know realization of oof rewriting a hero story but here's the thing uh actually rebecca lee crumpler absolutely did everything that you found on her on the internet about her um but you know obviously that's not all she did, because uh, history left out a ton of shit. And obviously, mm-hmm. you guys wouldn't know about it. And telling it as a man, you clearly left out some stuff. So I'm just going to fill yeah. in the blanks. I intentionally left out, uh, you know, this is... I did the Rebecca Lee Crumpler male interpretation. <laughs> I left it to you to do the Rebecca Lee Crumpler female interpretation. Of her. <laughs> right, right, right. I went to a female interpretive college, so yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I am all set. Uh, so anyway, she was born in 1831 in Delaware, yes. Uh, and yes, she had an incredibly cool aunt who cared for sick neighbors. Uh, but that cool aunt... Also, you know, as cool aunts, smoked a lot of weed um, mm. and one time did mushrooms with her at the beach. This is a very rosy colored history. Okay, left out all that all that stuff you mentioned. No, thank you. We're going <laughs> cool, drug, cool drug history. Uh, this is what happened. Uh, did mushrooms with her aunt, you know, before she went to college. And yes, she, she moved to Massachusetts where she worked as a nurse. Uh, but also because you can't survive on a nurse's income, especially then uh, all on all on its own. So she mm. secretly owned and built her own business um, selling mushrooms, you know. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <or> just, <laughs> yeah. When you started saying build your own business, I was like, oh, okay. I was, and then, mm. nope. Nope, we are back going to back okay. to mushrooms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just as just as rosy as the story just could possibly get, you know. Any kind of mushrooms or just the psychedelic? Kind? Yeah, no, the, no, the fun kind and the extra fun kind. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. Wait. So, <laughs> so like <laughs> shiitakes or like shiitakes and shiitakes are fun, mm-hmm. and then there's extra fun. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> she didn't sell the the poison ones. Not on the table. Those are not fun. Mm-hmm. No, those no, are no, no. Those are bad time mushrooms. Only slightly yeah. poison. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the phantom <laughs> thread. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, okay. But yeah, so she had that business <laughs> selling the fun and the extra fun and not the not fun. Um, you know, you have to work multiple jobs as a woman making it on your own. Um, and, you know, most people wouldn't hire her, so hence the mushrooms that she originally got from her cool aunt. Um, And yes, she did graduate medical school uh, and she published a book in 1883. But before that, you know, in the 70s selling mushrooms, (laughs) even in the 1870s, they were a big deal. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) Everything's cyclical like that. Yes, time time repeats and it's not often good, but the mushroom, the drug (laughs) repeating 
is a perk of that. Um, so she was selling mushrooms in the 1870s to Louis Pasteur and Robert Koch, uh, who, mm. as you know, clearly with your history knowledge, established germ theory of mm -hmm. disease, um, which happened one night when she decided normally she didn't trip with her customers, but they seemed cool for some reason. I know you said a lot of people weren't cool back then, um, but... <laughs> yeah. But occasionally, uh, Charles Sumner was cool, I guess. So, <laughs> it stands to reason there was at least a couple other cool people. A couple, yes. So she decided, okay, these this past tour guy is kind of cool. I'm going to trip with them. And they were hanging out, you know, playing with their microscopes and science stuff. Uh, and one of them was like, hey, 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 wait a minute. Maybe there's specific reasons that people are getting sick. Because before that, you know, everyone just thought diseases just kind of popped out of nowhere. Uh, mm -hmm. But as the three of them, you know, sat laughing around. Uh, Sorry, I, I'm laughing at that interpretation of it, but it's actually so close to what they actually believe <laughs> that it's fairly alarming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gum. But okay, so they're all they're all sitting around, and they're like, maybe there's a reason for these things, because you know they were thinking about the reasons for everything. Dr. Crumpler said, yeah, you know, because everything is connected. Like, remember how you guys touched that dead guy last week and then touched that alive guy and then that alive guy died of what killed that dead guy? Maybe you were the connection between them, you know, just like our feet connect us to the ground and our souls connect us to the universe. And they were like, <laughs> they were like, whoa. Uh, and, you know, they established... Germ theory. Yeah, after for that. the first time, they could literally see the germs mm -hmm. in the air. <laughs> Just everywhere. Um, you know, she gave let them take credit for that because she no one would believe her. Um, <laughs> but they would believe two tripping men back then. Who least. apparently like to touch dead and alive dudes. That is mostly <laughs> like, what doctors did. That's though. actually yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> a lot of doctors still do that yeah. yes 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 mm -hmm. but not like back uh, of, not like they're playing bong yeah games. it's not like a bong yeah it's not like you know a rhythm game <laughs> right right well now they now they wash their hands in between which is what yeah. this moment in history yeah. brought yes. <laughs> so um but yeah okay so she helped establish germ theory and then after that she wrote the book you know spent very few hours sleeping and instead spent every night she wasn't tripping studying and every day she wasn't working tripping you know and then she developed the first vaccines for cholera anthrax rabies tetanus and diphtheria oh. didn't didn't notice you give her credit for any of that in your actual history <laughs> but she did it uh, again in the seventies. <laughs> uh, you know, and she had to, of course, drop those vaccines off with the uh, other doctors, to, along with their mushroom orders, so that they could distribute them to the general mm -hmm. public. Um, yeah, I, I noticed also that she's a, a mushroom distributor who almost never hangs out with the buyers, which is, from what I understand, very cool of her. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Actually, I don't. I've never had a mushroom dealer hang out with, I mean, have you? Yes, never mind. We'll keep going with history and facts. I made that up entirely. I've never met a mushroom dealer. Um, <laughs> I, I literally was like, did she also like discover anthrax? And I looked it up. You know who did? Who? 
fucking Robert Koch. Ow. Yep. Well, that he probably saw it then when they were. <laughs> she's responsible for a lot of things, and she made yeah. sure that all the things she was responsible for discovering also got solved. You know, um, just a polite way to discover things is also fixing them after you find out they're real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> just developed five vaccines, wrote a book, discovered germs. Married two men, all of this while existing in the past, uh, which is <laughs> quite a feat. Um, and then finally, she did not die in 1985. Uh, much like Tiny Tim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she had a lot in common. Um, um, yeah, 64 would have been a reasonable age to die in those times and an expected old age. Um, but mm. Given she was a pioneer of medicine, clearly she didn't die that young, you know, and knew yeah. some stuff about health and living. Um, so instead, in 1984, Dr. Crumbler invented time travel. Um, I feel like this is also the out I use in every history story. I'm like, <laughs> let's go somewhere else. <laughs> it's, it's a convenient one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, just flop with the timeline just a bit. Um she invented a time machine, you know, and instead of going forward in time, as mm. you would think that she might, she actually went back in time because there was a there was a little problem in the timeline. She went back in time to invent medicine. Um, somehow there was a time loop that she was a part of. Sure. So she had to ensure the safe birth after studying. Mm. She um, had to kill Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, caught up in, in many movie plots. Um <laughs> But she ensured the safe birth and subsequent early education of Hippocrates. Um, oh. Yes, who, who as, as you know, and all the listeners probably know, is considered to be the father of medicine. Um, and could she have gone back in time and simply fathered medicine herself? Probably. Yes, absolutely. But uh, she knew it wouldn't be fully accepted. So she mothered the father and invented the field of work, you know. Mm. Um, and Hippocrates, of course, also famous for inventing the theory of humors. Uh, that's mm-hmm. because Rebecca was also very, very funny. Um, <laughs> so, <'cause> she <laughs> had it all. Um, <laughs> for thousands of years, no one knew it was a pun. <laughs> she went back and like, here you go. Humor. <laughs> and he just misunderstood. History, history's longest brick joke is... <laughs> 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 Awesome. It's paying off here tonight. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Yeah. She was yeah about to jump forward in time again, you know, to do the usual mm-hmm. stuff to kill Hitler and invent every single vaccine. Um, and the Peloponnesian War broke out. Mm. Um, and she, she didn't know about it. She's, you know, clairvoyant, knows about everything in time. Well, I mean, clearly. <laughs> She knew when to go back and invent medicine. Like she's got somehow all of history and in her head, but she you can't you can't hold everything in your head. This is connected to the mushrooms, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's too much knowledge for one brain. So she, you know, being a woman, just left out the war parts. So she wasn't expecting, you know, well the Peloponnesian War when it happened. Um, the problem is at those female schools, they skip the war. Think, yeah, the teachers are like, women don't need to know about this, but mm-hmm. you know, like 
it's important. It, it's and very they important. Underestimate the need because <laughs> it will happen when traveling yeah. through time. Quite regularly, wars will pop up. Uh, you don't want to be caught with your skirt up when a war happens. You know, um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is this how people talk to each other now? I don't know. Um, <laughs> But, uh, so the war happened all of a sudden and she was about to jump forward in time to do all the good things. And then she was just like overcome with all the heartache and unnecessary death of war. So yes, she lived through the civil war, like I, but a brain can only retain so much information. So she'd forgotten it immediately. So this war was very triggering and she didn't understand why. It's just too many womanly feelings, really. Now, <laughs> as a, so at this point she's, if you do the math, Apocrates was born in 460, Peloponnesian War in 431 BC, so that makes her 93. She spent three years as a nurse, 93 to 96, in this war, helping out, you know, as she did. And ultimately, she never jumped forward in time and invented, you know, all the useful vaccines that we could have used now in the future never killed Hitler, never did any of those things because she felt too much compassion during the war um, and got trapped and died way back in the past. Um, so it really just goes to show that women shouldn't be super genius time traveling doctors because they just, their hearts are too big, you know? Um, so she died. Oh <laughs> <laughs> she died in 428 BC, uh, giving the, first chocolate chip cookie to a fallen soldier in Greece. Um, <laughs> Which was really the only treatment they had <laughs> with the ingredients and equipment available at the time. Yeah, she tried to, she brought back some mushrooms, but um, didn't really get very far in those days. <laughs> Probably <laughs> responsible for some philosophers too, if you think about it. But, oh yeah, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> the Enlightenment like, of Athens, basically Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, that whole lineage. Yes, yes. Responsible for many things. I'm also like, at a certain point, if you go back in time to just invent the whole field of medicine, like, I feel like that's a, a lot to ask of a person already than to also like, be like, hey, be sure, be sure to kill Hitler too. You yeah. Know. She did. She, she did, did a quite lot. a lot. Yeah. I think yeah. so. It's an impressive. It may be only two items on the to-do list, invent medicine and kill Hitler, but it's a big to-do list. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we it's can... It's not like pick up kitty litter and grab the laundry. It's, you know... <laughs> it's yeah. not even like get cake and kill Hitler. It's it's, <laughs> it's not even one small yeah. and one big. It's two yeah. very big, so... It's an ambitious list. It's an ambitious mm -hmm. list. Mm-hmm. But she did her best. Allison, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh -huh. uh, listeners, before we move on to the judgment phase, I just want to remind you that it'd be really, it'd be really chill and cool of you if you uh, wrote a review on your podcast service of choice, particularly Apple Podcasts, because a lot of people are able to find the show that way. I don't know how any of it works. I secretly don't think anyone does, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> that's what we know. Um, it's Skynet, baby. And Skynet <laughs> yeah. likes Apple reviews. <laughs> and you know what? We like Skynet. We, we like Skynet. Skynet. Yes. Skynet, you're our, you're our, your tops in our book. <laughs> and we, 
We just want to be tops on your list of podcasts. <laughs> Skynet, um, here's looking at you, kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, if you want to ask us a question, leave us a comment, write us a letter, you can do that at revisionistpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And even, hey, uh, if your pockets are lined and you got a fat Christmas goose on the table already, uh, <laughs> pledge some support on Patreon. Throw some geese their way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> please, yeah. actually, no, please stop throwing geese at us. Well, uh, I, would like, I would like the one as big as me. <laughs> oh, but. sure. You, you think you want that, but then you got a man-sized goose coming after you. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no one wants Exciting. We'll change your pace. This was actually the second year that Denver was doing, like, its geese calling program in the park and then giving the meat to homeless shelters, uh, which I wrote about for the paper last year when it happened and got the only, like, negative feedback I'd ever gotten in my in my brief journalistic career. Um, anyway, was it J. Jonah Jameson saying not enough pictures of Spider-Man? It was actually, <laughs> which you'd think I did not mention Spider-Man at that point. So there shouldn't have been any pictures of him. No, um, there should always be. It's true. <laughs> That's why there were so many pictures of Spider-Man in the Bosnian war. Yeah. <laughs> um, J. Jonah Jameson running that yellow journalism during the Bosnian war. <laughs> <laughs> No one ever talks about how the Daily Bugle covered like actual world events. Yeah. <laughs> the I Daily think Bugle fucked up. Started the Spanish American War by saying oh, Spider Man was coming over from Mexico. Wait. <laughs> 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 yeah, Spider fucking Green Goblin sunk the main. Before we move on, Allison, uh, our listeners can follow you on Instagram. Yes, uh, yes. For uh, updates and comedy and content, whatever we post on social media these days. Yes, content. Much content. <laughs> all there. <laughs> hey. Zach, um, you also you co-host Movie Trap. That's true. It's a film podcast uh, where we the three of our the three hosts each pick a movie from a very specific category. Um, most recently, we did actors playing more than one role in a single movie. At the end of each round, we uh, vote on who had the best pick for that theme, and that person gets to pick the next theme for the next three movies. Pretty simple concept. It's a loose excuse for us to talk about uh, movies and have it be slightly gamified. So. Mm-hmm. Brian's been on uh, before and probably will be again. So, yeah. And, yeah. and then, as for me, listeners, uh, this is coming out December 12th. So, hey, try, try not to travel for Christmas and be around a bunch of people. Hey. Um, oh, just... also, I didn't say my handle, which is just oh, as important yes. as people not traveling and killing families and friends. Uh, <laughs> I would say more. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's it's Allie, A-L-L-I-E, Rose Jokes. Follow me there. I will be staying in one place for the rest of the month. So much content. <laughs> yes. Yeah, much, much content. Mm-hmm. You, you might see me get a little yellow wallpaper. Uh, Don't worry, so. guys. <laughs> for the rest of 2020, I got about 100 feet of space to explore. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> 
But that does uh, pull this train into the judgment station. This is this is one of those things where ostensibly it's hard to with a the story of like a good person who did like brave heroic things because a to find something in the actual history to latch on to uh and then b to write an alternate take about it and risk risk the the thing no one wants of being like actually this person was kind of a piece of shit fortunately i think uh allison's alternate history uh supplemented the actual history uh and added uh a little spice let me can i just say briefly what you did for the alternate history was my whenever we do a story about people who are either like clearly victims or clearly like amazing people uh that is my i call it paddingtonizing them um (laughs) make them make them as great as possible and make the world better around them so for like salem witch trials my angle was Instead of getting murdered, these women were super scientists who traveled through time. And for Dorothy Vaughn, who helped mm-hmm. create the first manned space flight in the United States, uh, the movie Hidden Figures is partially about her. I was like, she invented invisibility and now she has a colony on the moon? <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's the way to go. And I fully appreciate that that is like, I, I yeah. agree with you 100%. You just got to make them like, even better they did everything they did and they were even better yeah they get the heroes get the fun stuff like time travel and invisibility yeah we've never been like "Mm, this person killed thousands of people and now he's everywhere yeah (laughs) because that's a bummer never make history worse (laughs) yeah now he's headlining the mcu that's what happened. H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes is replacing Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird that he's still dating Aunt May in this one. Um, but wait, to be that fair, wasn't... Yeah, well, he was into Aunt May, but he was dating oh, yeah, yeah. Pepper Potts. And That's honestly, right. being involved with goop is its own form of punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be its own, like, Hydra-like organization. Um, that's for another alternate. That, yeah, that's for we're gonna, we can't get into that right now. Um, but Allison, Zach, thank you both so much. Yeah. Uh, did you fun. make a did you make a definitive decision? I oh yes. Sorry, I'm casting my vote uh, for Allison's alternate history. But listeners, voting is now open to you uh, on Patreon, and be sure to check out our Instagram story next Wednesday, which is not. Christmas Eve, right? No, it's the twenty uh, third. No. Thank, no, it's the six twenty third. No, that's is it? Yeah, Christmas uh, from is Friday this, is this year, so it's got to be. Oh, the from yeah. when this is. Please stop messing with my sense of time. <laughs> yeah, it's <sorry>. already. <laughs> it's so fragile. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's all good. That makes sense. No, I was telling Allison before recording, I spent all day thinking today was Thursday, and when I found out it was Wednesday, it fucked me right up. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, voting will be open for you all then, but that will do it for us here at The Revisionists. I've been Brian Flynn. Uh, I've been Zach Powers. Have a good time. 